Hi, hi. How are you today? I hope everyone is doing great. So I was thinking, because I'm always thinking, and I have this idea of recording this um, mini episode about going to therapy as a black woman, as an African woman. I'm the only person in my family that goes to therapy. And um, I share what I learn in therapy with my family. My sister, she's gone to counseling. She, um, she, she's a believer. She goes to church. So she has been counseled for many years by her pastor who, who um, studied counseling. So she, she's gone to therapy in a way. She's done the work. But going to a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, I've been the only one in my family. Why is that? Why is it so difficult? And it's not only me or my family. It's in Africa, in the diaspora, black people really, really are very hesitant when it comes to going to see a therapist for mental health issues. It's really, um, there's a lot of shame, taboo, and negativity associated with that. Um, I remember in Cameroon, um, going to ther- therapy, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. So, like, a kind of, there's no hope for you. And um, so, how come I decided to start going to therapy? Hmm. I, did, I did many things to try to get better. I, I felt my achievements were we helped me to leave my childhood behind. So I overachieved. I tried my best. I gave it my all. And then when I started working, I saw that there's no point where my achievements will give me that. When I have that degree, then I will settle down because I will have it together. There was never that point. It was not coming. Actually, everything seemed to be crumbling. It, it, it felt as starting over and over and over again and without this sense of it will set one day. It will be the moment one day where I will achieve and then I will just feel like this is it, you know. So I decided, my dears, to go to therapy. And uh, my first attempt was at university. So I first went to um, when I was in uh doing my master's degree in London. So I went to the school counselor and I went only one time at the beginning of the year. I was so, so um, anxious and I felt like an imposter in my school. Um, I, I just felt out of place. I just felt like uh, people were going to discover my real story and then it was as if it would be the end of the world if people discovered my real story because... At that time, I just put so much effort into hiding who I was just to show this image of I am everybody. I'm like everybody else. My life is so easy and I smile and that's it about me. So when I went to see the therapist and he was asking a few questions. So during the session, the whole time I cried. And before that, I had a hard time crying. But the whole time, the whole of that session, I cried. I cried just recounting my family history, how I was brought up and everything. 
I just decided after that that I will not return. It was too hard. I just couldn't see how I could bring up those emotions and manage to succeed in my master's degree. So I decided to park that aside. But once, um, towards the end of my master's degree, I had a total breakdown because for me, studying was everything. And before my last exam, I just totally broke down. I think I had spent like seven days in my tiny room in central London and not leaving the house even to go groceries. I had my dear friend Funke who would even bring me groceries and leave behind the door because I was not leaving my house. Like I was like, I have to study, I have to study. But half of the time I was like watching YouTube. But I was so stressed. I don't need to do this. Anyways, uh, before the last exam, I just had a total nervous breakdown where I just couldn't study. I couldn't do anything. I was just sitting there crying, crying. I called my mom and that's when I started telling her some of the things that had happened to me in childhood um, because she left us for many years with different people in my, in my years in Cameroon and we reunited in Switzerland. So all those years in Cameroon, um, I just had a, like a brief summary of what had happened to me because it's so funny how trauma works because during that time when I was studying, before I had that nervous breakdown, I was getting, I was getting all um, the stress of the exams, the fear of failing, which has always followed me, was like taking over. My mind was not functioning right anymore for not leaving that room for seven days. Um, I started smelling odors of my past, you know, I started fearing that someone would smash the door and come and hit me. Start, and that person was actually my uncle who used to hit me when I was a child. And um, so, so I told my mom, I told her everything because for, by respect, I was trying to shield her from what I had been through and I was suffering alone. So even though I didn't go into great detail, I still told her and I kept crying and crying. And it was the first time in my life I could not study for an exam so but um luckily i had been to class all year and i could still uh, pull all the knowledge i had gone at doing my homeworks writing my essays during the year to pass my exam so that was kind of um, really good so once i was done with my studies in london i moved back to switzerland and um where I, where I, I left to come to london so in switzerland i decided to go see a therapist I'm like, okay, this thing is serious. I need to go see a therapist. And the first one I saw, actually, I went to a, a general practitioner, a GP, a doctor. And I said, I think I need to see a therapist. And then he said, okay, so tell me why. So I told him how I feel and how I feel, how my, my past is weighing on my soul and everything. And then he listened and he said, from what you're telling me, and it was a long chat, right? I think you've, you're suffering from, you've suffered from chronic depression um, many, many years of your life. Oh my goodness, that scared the crap out of me. I said, what, chronic depression? So like, I've always been depressed. Is that what you're saying? I said, I'm not going back to this doctor. <laughs> but I can understand why he said that. Um, yeah, yeah, given how I was so not a child. I was so busy working. I was so angry, like hiding it inside. So I could see how he came to say that. 
So then I decided to find a therapist. And that's the thing. You can decide to go to therapy, but it's not so easy in that finding the right therapist is not an easy feat, especially when there's a cultural barrier. I was in Switzerland, a very rich country um, in Geneva, where most of the therapists I had, they came from like very good families. And most of the time I didn't, I didn't feel they understood what I was telling them or it was too big for them or it was just, I didn't feel understood. That's what I would say. Um, so the first therapist I had, she would just listen to me. She would, she would just lie down and then, um, and listening to what I had to say. So after six sessions of me talking and the only feedback I had was, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And some questions for me to, to clarify some points. I decided, okay, this, this is not working for me. I don't know when she will start talking, but I'm not going to wait for that. So I left, I never came back. And then I, I let, um, I let some months go by life. I started working and stuff. And then at one point I said, okay, this thing is still not sorted. I still need to go see a therapist. So I went to um, the intake. Um, um, how do I say? They were in Geneva, the university hospital there. They have uh, in different um, neighborhoods, you, you can go to a psychiatric intake. So the doctors, they meet you for the first time. They assess you and they find the right person on the team to, to be your your therapist or psychiatrist. And um, so I went to, to the one in my neighborhood and, uh, and they found me this Greek woman. She was in Switzerland. I don't think she was doing a fellowship for one year. She looked like, it's very funny. She looked like this, there's this um, series of books called Millennium. So the hero, it's a, it's also a movie. It's a Scandinavian movie. Um, those cold Scandinavian kind of crime, very interesting, very dark. Anyways, um, so she looked like the main um, character in those millennial movies, like kind of gothic kind of character, like a total mismatch to me. I was like trying to fit into the Genevois um, uh, subculture, you know, like looking with my hair, like, having thick, long, flowy hair, makeup all the time, uh, a nicely dressed handbag. And then there was this woman. And mind you, it's in those times when you think there's no connection that actually there's a reconnection because she helped me start my work. She helped me start my work. She, um, I felt understood. I felt a connection with this woman, like a reconnection. So I was motivated to go to therapy. I went every week and, uh, and, um, and she, sometimes I would try to cancel and then she will not let me cancel. I would call her and like, Oh, I'm not feeling fine today. I don't want to come. She would be like, okay, Miriam, see you at five 30. And then she will hang up on me. I'll be like, okay, sure. I'm coming. <laughs> so it was good. Especially one time when uh, I don't know what happened at work. I was so upset. I was beating myself up and I didn't want to go. And she forced me. She didn't force me, of course. She told me that I should come and then she hung up on me. 
And then I went and in the, in explaining to her what happened, she managed to break the cycle of uh, self-loathing, self-beating I was going into. So that was really good. And um, she helped me question things I didn't dare question. So I was so scared of questioning my mom. There were things I, I couldn't ask my mom. So, but it was eating me inside. She asked me, so you have to ask your mom the circumstances of your birth. I told her, I cannot do that. And she said, yes, you can. I said, I can't. And they were like screaming at each other. I said, I can't do that. I cannot ask her that. She said, yes, you can. And you will. And they were like screaming at each other, really. And then I just knew that it's because I was so scared. Because deep inside me, I had this conviction that my mother didn't love me because she left me with different people when I was a young child. So it's as if she was asking me to go confirm that. And so I was really resisting it. But I finally decided to ask my mother. And it was such a relief to hear at last the circumstances in which I was, I was um, born. Not that it was very happy or happy circumstances, or, but I could finally understand like how I was born, that I was not... Um, yeah, that there were many other things going on in my mother's life and that it was actually not that she didn't love me, that many things happened. It's just, yeah, there are many other things that we talk about in other episodes, but that was a huge relief. It was like a, a first real mental block that had been lifted that allowed me to um, continue the work uh, of going to therapy. But it was not easy. It was not easy. And after like uh, seven months or so, she had to go back to Greece. So I was really super sad because I knew I would have made so much progress with her. And um, yeah, so she went back to Greece and that's, so I stopped going to therapy with her. And then I tried to find other therapists. All to say, um, I've seen many therapists. I even saw a TV show on uh, Swiss TV and then, on trauma and the impact on the individual. And then I reached out to the head researcher at the University Hospital of Geneva to ask if he could recommend a doctor. And he recommended a Cameroonian doctor. I think I went there, I don't know, a few sessions, maybe three or four or five, I don't know. And the whole time he's like, it's because you haven't accepted what happened to you. I'm like, yeah, duh, that's why I'm here. And so for him, I just had to accept. So I didn't see how I could accept at the time, right? So I, I also stopped going. So yeah, I just kept changing and changing and changing. And sometimes I just felt like the therapists were reading from a book or something. So when I felt like that, I wouldn't go back. But all in all, even though I went and I stopped and I started and I did this, at one point I was even coached by the coach of my employer when I was like, I had a nervous breakdown at one point at, in one of my jobs and I was coached and I just was not very receptive to what he was making me do. But now fast forward, like 10 years later, I can tell you that all of that attempts to go to therapy, I learned something from each of them. So that person who used to tell me, um, that Cameroonian uh, psychiatrist who used to tell me, it's because you have not accepted your story. 
well and see today what he meant because like all those trauma stories in my life were so extraordinary that I couldn't integrate them into my life narrative. So I couldn't accept them and move forward with my life. So at the time I was just angry that he, I just felt like he couldn't help me, but you know, it ingrained. So when I had breakthroughs later in my life, I was like, Oh, this is what he meant when he was telling me that. Or when, um, I became really interested in uh, in um, working on myself. All the techniques that the the coach, the the, J, the coach for, at my former job, um, all the techniques he was trying to help me uh, with, like tapping, emotional tapping when I was emotionally distressed, uh, meditating, questioning my language. He he observed the way I was speaking, and he was like. You don't speak to other people. It's like you tell yourself stuff and you tell yourself negative um, things. So he was like catching my language. And so all of that, even if at the time I didn't find any value in it, today with the work I do and the training I'm doing to become a life coach myself, I see what they meant. And I'm still in therapy. And now, like it's been, I've been doing start, stop, start, stop, sometimes because I had to move away, move to a new country or, or anything. But I'm grateful for all the work I've done because I feel as if I've worked on, my, on myself. I still work on myself and I can stand now and help other people on this journey. And even though I'm not a therapist, uh, I'm a life coach, a trauma-informed life coach, I can help someone who comes from a background with trauma to find a way forward. And I can recognize too, if they're too stuck in their trauma and say, I think you, you need a therapist. And that's where we have to free ourselves from our stories, from our backgrounds, from what other people will say, because emotional pain that we don't speak, all that pain we keep inside, it makes us sick. It gives us diseases it will turn into physical, biological pain, uh, biological diseases. If we keep all these pent-up emotions from childhood, we never say how we feel. We are not free. We, people please. We don't say anything. People upset us and we pretend we are okay because that's what I used to do. This will make us sick. We make us old. We make us not be okay. And we deserve to take control of, of our lives, understand that we have agency, we have power to change things and actually do the work for ourselves. Because even being a mother, a wife or whatever we are, we have to be a person for ourselves first. And that's, for me, that was a big, big lesson to understand that I cannot be the mother I want to be or the wife I want to be without being the person I want to be for myself, for Miriam first. So I just wanted to share that with you today. Bye.